Well, the brothers asked me if I would uh, share a little bit of my testimony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. And we don't do this to draw attention to ourselves, but uh, it's good to hear the testimony of the saints, Amen. to see God's mercy Amen. and to see God's grace Amen. and how he brought us all one by one into his perfect will. Amen. So it's really all our lives are a testimony to the Lord Amen. and not a testimony to ourselves. So I really thank the Lord. You know, in the, in the word about the blending, uh, in the blending on one hand, it's to do away with all distinctions, all the unusual peculiarness of ourselves. But it doesn't mean we lose our personality. It doesn't mean we all become robots, we all look exactly alike. But really we still have our individual personality that the Lord uses, created us this way, and uses it in His way to harmonize the body of Christ Amen. with the element being the divine life within us. Amen. So I just will proceed uh, with those few words of introduction. Uh, I'm thankful to the Lord that he uh, brought me up in a very Christian home. Uh, my father and my mother both loved the Lord. My father loved the Word of God. We had five children and due, I'd say due to their faithfulness, in their prayer and their upbringing, all five children became believers. Amen. And today, four of us are in the Lord's recovery. Amen. So, with the fifth one to be. Amen. <laughs> and I believe that because, uh, I'll just jump ahead a little bit right now. Uh, when I first came in the Lord's recovery, I had a little time with, uh, when Brother Lee first came to Atlanta, it was. And uh, I introduced myself to Brother Lee and I told him that my relationship because my one brother and one sister were already in the church in uh, Los Angeles where he was. And uh, so I told him I was their siblings and he knew them. And then I kind of went out to say, there's another brother who's interested, but he's not in the Lord's recovery yet. I said, but, but my parents, I don't know, I said. They've been in denominations for 30 plus years. I don't see how they could ever come this way. And he just said, one day they will. That's all he said. Just, just, just one day they will. Amen. And that was back in 1972 or 73, I would say. And because uh, they were not, eventually, they were not happy that we came into the Lord's recovery, mainly because of things that others had told them. But over time, they began to realize the reality of all the saints in the Lord's recovery. And eventually, my mother became ill and was unable to keep house any longer in Michigan, where we were born and raised. And so we opened our home to them to come and live with us. And uh, when they came, they never went to a denomination again. Amen. My father spent the last 12 years of his life in the church life in Atlanta. Amen. He prayed in the meetings, he tied to the church, and we had many sweet home meetings together and Amen. prayer together. He did the morning watch. He never once asked me to take him to a denomination. Amen. Now, he didn't see a whole lot, I would say, still, but still, the Lord was merciful to him to let him spend his last 12 years in the Lord's recovery. Amen. Well, so, I was raised in this Christian home, and uh, I distinctly remember when I was eight years old, a preacher was preaching a gospel message, and I responded and said, Lord, I'd like to receive you as my Savior, to cleanse me of my sins. So, based on that receiving and believing, that would be my day of regeneration. And when I was 12, I got baptized. 
Uh, that, was, that was the age to do it. And uh, so I got baptized with some others. And then went through my high school years, uh, somewhat loving the Lord, somewhat knowing the Lord, uh, associating myself with other Christians in high school, in the Christian club, uh, but yet not that active, not that real that much, I would say. And then I began to enter into college, and I would say in my college years, more and more the world began to creep in. Uh, and I just uh, picked up this and picked up that, Still going to church, still going through the formal church life, so-called. Uh, but more as the world became more of my life, uh, one day the Lord just stopped me. I was driving down the street. I had this deep realization. What does it mean to be a Christian? Lord, I don't have the feeling that I'm really a Christian. I am a Christian, but I'm no different than anybody else. It seems like my life is just the same it's just routine, it's involved in the world, all these kind of things were going on. And I realized this, this was the Lord's mercy. This was the eternity in my heart, seeking after the Lord in a deeper way. And uh, he just impressed me in this way. I was a junior in college by now, and I was just impressed that by fall term, I would just schedule all my classes in the afternoon. So my mornings would be free. And I told the Lord I would just pray and read the Bible every morning for that semester and see if the Lord would make himself real to me and show himself to me. Well, he absolutely did. Uh, my practice then was to kneel down by my chair and pray. And I had my Bible open there, and I was reading over the Bible and praying over the Bible. Just pray reading. Didn't know it. <laughs> uh, and just the light from the Word. Uh, would just cause me to, something within me would just, just revive, and I would jump up to my desk and make a few notes on that passage and go back down and pray again. And uh, this was my practice, and it was so enjoyable. Uh, the Lord was so real to me. And so I kind of gave myself, not kind of, I, I did definitely give myself to the Lord. I consecrated myself to the Lord. Uh, I realized that I had to trash my Elvis Presley records, <laughs> my, Brent, my Brenda Lee records, Fats Domino, they all had to go. <laughs> An inner sense within me just says they don't mix. Where before that, it just seemed it was no problem. Go to church one day, rock and roll the next day. It just it didn't matter which way it went. But when the Lord touches us, he really gets into our hearts. And so all these things begin to kind of go away. And I just gave myself to the Lord. At that time, I told the Lord I would just like to serve him for the rest of my life. And of course, I was in denominations. Uh, we were in the assemblies of God. And uh, so I, I, I finished my school year out. But before doing so, uh, while I was in college, I also kind of initially in a kind of a lukewarm way got involved with the campus club there, which was InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. And uh, there was a brother there who was the, uh, he was a senior and he was the president of the club and I was a, either a freshman or a sophomore. And uh, I was not into it that much, but I would go to the meetings and I would be kind of part of this. This was before I had this turn to the Lord. And then during this time, and uh, I had this turn to the Lord. Anyway, this brother who was the president really impressed me. Uh, and that, not, not so much in having the Lord, but just in the way he, he would uh, 
speak concerning the Lord. Uh, he just had an impressive way. He was a, a very capable, uh, very educated young man. And uh, I just uh, was touched by him and remembered him. And so then after he graduated, he, he went off to a seminary himself. And then uh, as I had this turn to the Lord, I gave myself to the Lord. He, he came back from school one summer and I just invited him to come over. And I said, brother so-and-so, I just had this feeling from the Lord to go to seminary. And said, since you have done so, I felt like a fellowship this with you. He was now in his second or third year in, in seminary. And uh, he felt good about what I shared and I should probably go on to seminary and uh, gave me some advice of how to prepare myself, which was good. It was, uh, for seminary, it was good uh, to start studying some Greek uh, where I could, uh, starting reading some, some philosophy, which is what they cover in seminaries. So he gave me some preparation for seminary, not for pursuing God. Um, so, so, this, this, uh, so then he went back, he went back to school and I eventually finished my education, and then I worked for a year, and then I went to seminary. I got married, and then I went to seminary, and I left Michigan to go to South to North Carolina. So I really went there quite with the zeal of the Lord. I, I really wanted to pursue the Lord, and I got there. And I don't know if you know or not, but the Assemblies of God have some Bible schools, but they don't have any seminaries. And... Uh, to get into a seminary, you have to have a college degree. So it's kind of like a graduate school in theology. So I thought, well, I'm just gonna be a, a unique kind of AOG person, you know? I have the AOG denomination, but I will have the Southern Baptist theological training, you know, uh, seminary training. Uh, and I just mentioned that because uh, what I soon found out in all of my seminary days there there's really such an individual pursuing of self for some kind of self-ambition, some kind of self-performance, some kind of self-doing. And uh, we got there and we began to study and we applied ourselves. Uh, but soon, again, the Lord began to bother me. And uh, my wife and I, then we had our first child and we would walk that campus uh, on the Lord's Day and we would just, I would just say, what is it all about? What are we doing here at this school? Uh, there was no pursuing of Christ here. There was no, nobody was really desirous to fellowship. Everybody was working their own little thing. Uh, theological studies, criticizing the Bible, uh, all this kind of stuff was going on. I thought, well, maybe my problem is I chose the wrong seminary. That must be what it is. I just chose the wrong seminary. So I was going to inquire into some more conservative seminaries, thinking that would solve my whole problem. But while I was considering this, I thought, well, wait a minute. What about this brother in college who I fellowshiped with? He certainly was capable, and he went through seminary. What's his thoughts? What's he thinking? He should be through by now. Maybe I could get some help from him. And so my brother and sister were also in college the same time I were, a little older than I were, close to his age. They knew him a little better than I did. So I called my brother up and I said, Howard, what is brother so-and-so doing today? Do you ever hear from him? Uh, about four years have gone by now since we had that fellowship with him about going to seminary. And he said, yes, he's out here in California and he's meeting with some Christians and they just call themselves the brothers. 
Uh, and he said he would never, ever, ever preach in a pulpit again. And I thought, wait a minute. <laughs> Is not this the one that gave me the fellowship to go to seminary? And now he says he will, not, he will not preach in a pulpit again. And so my curiosity was just sky high. <laughs> because I knew this brother enough to realize that in his natural ability, he had the gift to pretty much command any pulpit he would like to, he would like to have. And here he says he would never speak in a pulpit again. So I really wanted to know what the Lord was doing. And um, my brother mainly was my, main, was my main contact because he was getting into the church life in Los Angeles where this brother was. And it was a change in his life. Uh, I could tell the difference in his life, his letters, his call, his, his speaking to me. So I really wanted to know what the Lord was doing. So in that atmosphere of seeking once again, the Lord brought in, began to bring in his truth concerning the Lord's recovery. And so I uh, was recommended I would get a copy of the book, The Normal Christian Church Life. So I trotted down to the Baptist bookstore on campus and I ordered the book because it, it obviously was not on the shelf. And uh, in a few weeks, a copy came in and I picked, up, picked it up and began to read The Normal Christian Church Life. And uh, it was just, I was just almost with laughter, I read through this book because not laughing at the book, but laughing at our situation and my situation, the gulf, the difference was just too great. If you read that book about the organic body of Christ and the local churches and the oneness of the church, one church, one city, and what we were doing in denominations was so opposite, it just caused me to chuckle with them. And the Lord is so faithful to put us in the proper settings we need. Uh, I was in a little town doing my seminary work in, in North Carolina of about 2,500 people. I just come from a big city of 2.5 million people, Detroit. And so it was quite different for me. But as I read this book in the, contents of the, of the context of this environment I was in, the Lord used that little black background to make his truth so clear to me. Within that little city of 2,500, probably half of them were Christians. But even among them, there were still about 15 to 20 so-called assembly or gathering churches, you might say. There was, the, there was the assembly of God. There was the church of God. There was the Presbyterian. There were the Catholics. There were the Methodists. There were several Baptists. Then there was railroad tracks down the, down the city, and the blacks had all those, the, the black people had all those denominations repeated again, plus a few others. Amen. So all these so-called churches, each one maybe had 20, 25, 50 maximum maybe, and all meeting separately in this one little town, yet all claiming to be Christians. And then there were the uh, seminarian Baptists, Southern Baptists. And then there were the down-the-street Southern Baptists. And, of course, those professors, no way were they going to meet down the street and miss their Bach and all the other great uh, music that they're hearing on the Seminary Baptist Church. What a division. What a separation. All by opinions. All because there's no vision of what God is doing. So the Lord sovereignly put me in that kind of background. I thought, sure, why not? Why couldn't these Christians meet together? as one it's not too much for those few people to meet together why must they all be divided so 
I would say the Lord gave me a clear view of one church and one city. That that was the proper revelation and truth from the Word of God. And I just had something within me that wanted to meet in this kind of way and to be in this kind of way. And so in the large sovereign arrangement, I got to go hear Brother Lee in 1969 of winter up in Erie, Pennsylvania. And uh, at that time, the church in Akron, Ohio, came out. And I had never seen this in my life before. Uh, the brothers made a decision there that they were going to leave their locality and move to Akron, Ohio for the church life. And I went, what is this? I mean, nobody's ever done this before. Everybody just finds a job, moves for the job, moves to be with their family, and then you just find a church. There's thousands of them. What's so particular about a church? You just pick one up anywhere. Even there's billboards that says, you know, worship in the church of your choice. I saw. So anyway, to see the sincerity of these believers, to give up all that they had, give up jobs, give up homes, give up neighborhoods, and move to Akron to be the expression of the church there. Wow, I was touched. I was impressed by the Lord. And of course, Brother Lee's sharing was good also. I mean, he, he, shared, he shared about Christ. I was impressed about the ministry of Christ, Christ, and Christ. So the Lord used that also within me. And then in the summer of 1970, uh, my brother told me the church in Atlanta was going to, there was going to be a church in Atlanta that saints were migrating in the same principle in Akron from all the different, from, from some areas in, the, in, the, in California, in Arizona, in New Mexico, and to meet in Atlanta as the church. And so it was, uh, Labor Day came along, my wife had another second child in, in August, and I went down to Labor Day uh, conference by myself because she had just delivered. And uh, there was a meeting there in one of the apartments. Actually, uh, Brother Ray and Paul were just there a few weeks earlier. Uh, visiting the church there when it first began. But I came there in Labor Day weekend uh, after they had left already. 1970. 1970, right? And uh, this was my first local church meeting. Uh, it wasn't at a conference, but it was in the church. It was a kind of a conference, you know. And uh, in the very first meeting, I mean, the, 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 the singing was wonderful, the speaking was wonderful. I just got up as this new person, nobody knew me there. I just got up and said, this is the church. Amen. And I sat down again. <laughs> it was just that clear. This was the church. This was what God is after. There was a sense in my spirit. And I can testify from that time on, moving to the, moving to the church life then, that that longing within my heart, that emptiness in my heart, is gone and has been gone for 27 years. Amen. That doesn't mean I don't seek after the Lord. Surely I do. But that, 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 kind of, that kind of emptiness, that kind of feeling that something's not right, when I came to the church, was gone and has been gone for Amen. all the 27 years. Amen. So my wife and I, I went back and told my wife, I says, well, we have to, we have to quit this seminary and, uh, and go and be with the church down in Atlanta. And she said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so where she got her grace, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, when we came down, we really did not know the church. We really were hanging on to this one truth. One church, one city. One church, one city. 
this is right, it's in God's word, and if we can practice it, we ought to practice this. And so we moved down there, and they were all living in this apartment complex, because they had all just moved. So they were all in the same complex, they all kind of knew each other, and they all had moved in together. And so when we came in, they said, oh good, if you feel moved, we'll just move you into one of the apartments here. And uh, we just said, no way. Um, you know, we, we just didn't know them. We just didn't know the church, really. We knew the principle from the, from the word, and they, then we found out they were meeting five times a week. We thought, oh, no. You know, we, we want to meet, but not five times a week. <laughs> so we found an apartment uh, outside the complex where they were staying, and uh, we had a very clever reason. Uh, they had no two bedrooms available in the complex where they were, all they had was three bedrooms, all they had. And uh, we only needed a two, one for my wife and I and one for my two boys, who were both two and, two and, two and zero almost. Uh, so we said, well, we, we just can't afford a three, we need a two. But actually our real reason was we didn't want to be that close. <laughs> so yeah, we, yes, we did consecrate to the Lord, but <laughs> in our lives there's always a little but, isn't there? And the Lord is gradually chopping away all the little butts in our consecration to the Lord. So then uh, we went back, and there was one dear brother there, uh, Sam Towson, maybe some of you know him, who, who was taking the lead mostly there. Uh, for some reason, he, was, he would not let that go. He, would, he, was, he, would, he did not have the peace for that. And so he talked to the landlord and said, you know, could you rent this couple a three-bedroom for the price of two. <laughs> and the management agreed, and so he called us up. He said, Brother Dave, he said, I just want to tell you some good news, he says. <laughs> he says, we can get you a three-bedroom for the price of two. <laughs> but actually, when we heard that, there was something in our spirit that said, Amen. Even though we didn't know our spirit. And I told my wife that, and she says, Yes, she felt exactly the same way. That we should just go ahead and do that. So we did. And we moved into the three bedrooms right next door to saints. And all sides were saints, across were saints, everywhere were saints. <laughs> so actually, the first step, that was, that was October. And really, the saints are so dear and precious, you know. So we had just come in to the church life uh, on this, based on this little revelation. So then it came to be this time of the year, you know. <laughs> and we stuck our candles in the window. <laughs> we put our tree in the corner. <laughs> but nobody said anything. Nobody had a critical word. And of course, we realized shortly after that, and we have had no, none of those things since then. <laughs> but I just say that to the preciousness of the church, that the Lord is so, so general, so all-inclusive. He just desires to have his body and brings us all into the body of Christ. Then I just praise the Lord, you know, um, in going on then. Uh, initially, even though I came there from the seminary, you know, to something very new, still within us, you know, it's kind of a sense, well, I'm doing this for the Lord. It's just, that's just kind of our way. It's kind of our pride, you know. Well, I'm doing this for the Lord, you know. And uh, at the seminary, they'd ask me, well, what are you going to do down there, you know? And I said, well, I'm just going to get a job and be part of this church life, you know. And they said, oh. I said, well, you know, 
but you're going to just quit the job you have now? Because I was working and going to school. And I said, yeah, I'll just do that, and I'll just get a job. I know the Lord will give me a job right away. Well, I didn't know the Lord that well. <laughs> and uh, I didn't get a job right away. And uh, several months went by, and I had no job. But looking back on it, now I realize this brother, this dear brother, Sam Towson, uh, this was an opportunity for me to spend a lot of time with him in fellowship. And this brother was absolute for Brother Lee's ministry. He would listen to the tapes all day long. When the brothers came home from work, but he would bombard them with the ministry. He was waiting for the brothers to come home, you know. But I was already home, so I got the bombardment here in the daytime. <laughs> At that time, it wasn't so comfortable, you know, not having a job and wondering what was going on. But later I realized, this is the Lord's sovereignty. The Lord is just taking us through time and time. So over all the years, I really, I really appreciate God's sovereign hand Amen. on the lives of all the believers. Amen. We can really trust Him. He is, he is caring for us more than we can care for ourselves. Amen. And then one other little story. Uh, two years later, uh, there was a migration. Eventually, I got a job. You know, I got a job in computers. <laughs> And uh, then a couple years later, I, they, it was a migration to go to Memphis, Tennessee. And they wanted a number of saints to go out of Atlanta to join with some others from some other areas. And so I, um, we offered ourselves, my wife and I offered ourselves to go to Memphis. And the brothers said, good, you know, good, go. So we, we uh, resigned from our job. Uh, we gave two weeks notice. And then finally we had the last day of work. And we said our goodbyes and we came home. My wife said, the brothers called and said they want to meet with you tonight. So I went, went to meet with the brothers and they said, well, the fellowship has changed. We feel that you should stay here in Atlanta <laughs> and not go to Memphis. But I just quit my job that day. <laughs> but I just realized, you know, when we say amen to the Lord in these kind of situations, to me, it's been kind of like a giant step in the Lord's way. We just, the Lord just uses this. So we just said, amen, and we stayed. And the next, next day or two, a brother put a paintbrush in my hand and said, you can paint houses with me if you want. So it was some provision, you know, the Lord, but not what I would consider to be what I need. But anyway, uh, I just thank the Lord for all the, everything that happens to us in the church line. Yeah. And then, uh, so I worked then, you know, in the Lord's Recovery, I had a job, uh, yet I was very, I had a feeling when I came to the Lord's Recovery, I just need to learn what it means to be a member of the body of Christ. But I had the realization, my seminary three years meant nothing. This was something totally different. The seminary training does not apply to the body of Christ. And so I had no, so I only had the feeling to just be a member of the body and just be one with these saints. But yet, of course, the Lord's in us, and the Lord is going on. And after some years, after 10 years, we began to be in the responsibility of the church there in Atlanta, uh, became one of the elders there for, for a number of years. And then, um, as the church began to grow, uh, I'd say when, when the, just before the turmoil in 87, uh, the church was about 150 in Atlanta. And then after the turmoil, when they said the churches were over, uh, the Lord blessed us, and the church increased on to 300. And uh, we just began to realize there's a need for some to be full-time. Uh, and so we took a little trip uh, to see what the Lord was doing in Russia in 1993. 
And of course, we were always burdened for the Lord's recovery, uh, and so we bore responsibility there. But in 1993, we went to visit the work in Russia, another brother and I, because we had heard the reports that we also had a family from Atlanta serving in Russia. So we went to go there once to encourage them, but also just to see what all the new saints and what the Lord's doing in the gospel, etc. So we did, we did that. But what the Lord impressed me with was the serving ones, those who had given up all to go and serve Amen. in Russia. And uh, I mean, some, some really paid the price. Their health wasn't good, and yet they still went for the Lord's interest. So we had been fellowshipping already in Atlanta about someone being full-time. And when I came back from Russia in 93, I said, okay, brothers, I don't know how you feel, but I'm ready. I need to go full-time. If it's the fellowship of the body. If you brothers feel good, I feel like I should go ahead and fellowship this with Brother Lee now, if you, if you all felt good. And they did feel good. And so we fellowship with Brother Lee, and Brother Lee said he was 100% for me going full-time. So, uh, so at the end of that year, we dropped our job, and so now for four years, I've been full-time. With no, absolutely not one regret. Uh, what a privilege to serve the Lord uh, full-time. Even with a job, it's a marvelous privilege. But if the Lord calls us to do it without a job, what a mercy that we could have more time to give of ourselves to be in the ministry and to be for the ministry. Right. So my testimony is just the testimony of God. In everything, God is so sovereign. And even the years I worked, I could see God's sovereign hand to, be, to enable me at this stage to drop my job. There's a lot of factors that all the, in everybody's life, you know. Uh, you have houses, you have five children, they're going to college, there's expenses, etc. But by allowing me to work all this time, I became debt-free at this time. So I could serve without the same kind of need that I had before when I was working. So the Lord, I could just be able to do this. This is God's sovereignty. I'm not that... I'm not that scheduled that I could plan all this. <laughs> but God sovereignly arranged everything. So it made a peaceful everywhere, peaceful in my family, peaceful in the church, peaceful everywhere, just to begin to serve the Lord full time. Amen. And then somebody was talking about traveling, right? I never expected to be traveling like this. I just felt the need to serve and labor in Atlanta. When I, was, when I had my job, one time they were going to have some workers go to Europe. And I signed up. I wanted to go to Europe. Uh, my father's from Germany, and my, my grandparents are all from Germany, and I, there's some kind of attraction there to Germany a little bit, maybe. I thought, well, I'd like to go there and, and work for a while, you know. But that program got canceled. I never got to travel hardly on my job. But now, <laughs> uh, the Lord is sending us, you know, and giving us the opportunity to blend with the churches. Amen. And I just want to thank the Lord also for the opportunity to blend with all the churches. Amen. It is too marvelous to blend with the body of Christ. Amen. Uh, we've been able to go to, to Indonesia, to Malaysia, to Thailand, to Taipei, uh, Hong Kong, and now here. Um, Singapore. Yeah, Singapore, South Africa, uh, Switzerland, but just the saints are become so dear in your heart. Uh, some of those home meetings in Jakarta are just precious. I mean, it's, it's the singing of the sisters and the brothers just coming with what they have and just pouring themselves out. The Lord is really building up the body of Christ. Amen. He is really advancing on the earth today. 
There is nothing else to give ourselves for but for the Lord's recovery. Amen. And here, I'm, here I am blending with Brother Colley. Uh, this is the first time we've done this together. I feel so good to have the opportunity to be with Brother Colley and just blend together in the ministry Amen. and with all the saints here. So I just worship the Lord for his sovereignty and for his leading. He is much more for this recovery than we are. Just trust yourself to him. He takes care of everything. Amen. Amen. Amen.